Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. You thought your football priests were going to dip out on a Sunday night show? Come on now. Rain, sleet, or snow? It is the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, back on his feet, victorious after vanquishing some nasty bug, Zach Kelperman. Zach, hey, playoffs this year delivered, not only in the AFC-NFC gauntlet, but in the Super Bowl. Rams, victorious. Vaughn gets ring number two. Stafford, vindicated. McVay, vindicated. What's your gut reaction to what we saw tonight? Uh, McVay came up short for a a large majority of that game, Chad. Uh, I thought his play calling was very suspect, and I even put a meme on Twitter where it was a Scooby-Doo peel the the veil off, and instead of Sean McVay, was Pat Shermer running the ball on every single first down. I thought the Bengals were going to pull it out, but uh, very anticlimactic ending with Burrow kind of having to uh, toss one out there in desperation with Aaron Donald dripped all over him, but I'm happy for Vaughn. I wanted the Bengals to win, but I am happy that Vaughn got number two. Yeah, I was hoping for the Bengals, but I wasn't going to be disappointed either way because... You know, the Rams, there's so many great storylines here for the Rams. Not only the the Bronco Vaughn storyline, and there he, there he is as they're presenting the Lombardi, uh, but just, you know, McVay, man, getting so close. A couple of years back, getting vanquished by uh, Tom Brady and the juggernaut that is the Belichick Patriots, and then they move mountains to, to get Stafford there, but not quite do they have the full Avengers assembled. I mean, a lot of mercenaries on that team, dude. Then they get Vaughn and just sell out for this year. We're going to win this freaking big one. And they do. I don't know. It's it's cool to see it happen for them. And uh, congrats to the, to the Los Angeles Rams. Well, I love Les Snead's uh... – uh, outlook and excuse me guys if I'm not normal my normal you know punchy snappy self I have a little bit of the bug still I don't know what it is officially but it's still kind of holding me down a little bit but he said f them picks he doesn't care about first rounders second rounders he wanted to win a Super Bowl the the Rams front office and coaching staff did and they pulled out all the stops and even after losing OBJ and still going on to win that game on the strength of Aaron Donald and the pass rush. Um, I, I am excited for McVay in that aspect, even though, again, I think he choked it away through three quarters. In terms of Broncos storylines, though, they're now permitted, Denver is, now that the Super Bowl is in the books, to announce the hirings of a Jairo Evero, Ajiro, Ajiro, as the Broncos' new DC and Dwayne Stukes as the special teams coordinator, as has been previously reported. 
But if you watch this game closely, a uh, couple defensive breakdowns, Jalen Ramsey fell down, and uh, <laughs> Evero is a secondary coach in L.A., and they had a, uh, a mishandled extra point, and Dwayne Stukes, who they're going to hire, is the assistant special teams coordinator there. So uh, I guess it wasn't the best showing for Nathaniel Hackett's projected lieutenants, but a win's a win's a win. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because – they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Right. Yep. They're, they brought home the bacon at the end of the day. And, you know, it's cool to see Vaughn, who was actually quite quiet for most of the game. Second half, though, that's why he's unlike his mentor, DeMarcus, where Vaughn will get in the Hall of Fame on the first ballot because when the chips were down, he closed. You know, he closed the deal. He gets coffee tonight. Coffee's for closers. Finish the night with two sacks along with Aaron Donald, two sacks. And then, I mean, they got after Burrow in the second half, dude. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven total sacks on Burrow. But, you know, Zach, I'm tired of seeing coaches. And thank you for that super chat, Smith Corona. You the man. Appreciate that. He says, that's my Hall of Fame edge rusher. Amen, big dog. I'm tired of seeing coaches the Broncos could have and should have hired coaching in the Super Bowl, dude. That gummit. That gummit. Yeah, and the uh, I think the Vikings got a good one in Kevin O'Connell, who is the OC with the LA now, and now is soon to be the head coach in Minnesota. Uh, there were a lot of coaches they passed over, but we have to hope they got it right, and I think they did. And if anything, Chad, you look at the play calling in today's game, some of the creative plays on both sides, it gives you more hope because the Broncos are finally – uh, pulling from that sort of tree. They're, they're trending yeah. in that direction. They finally have a young, uh, passionate, energetic coaching staff uh, with a great uh, forward-thinking play caller, Nathaniel Hackett. I think we're going to see the 21st century Broncos make their debut in 2022. And all it takes is getting hot at the right time. I'm not predicting as of right now they're going to be a Super Bowl team this time next year, but you never really know. They have the talent in place. They can get a quarterback, and they can get some uh, injury luck to go in their favor. I like the odds. Dude, it's, if you were to see Cooper Cup on the street, no way you would ever know that that dude is like a freaking legendary uh, elite NFL wide receiver. That dude is the most unassuming star wideout I've ever seen. But what a stud, man. What an absolute stud. Um that final drive, Zach, with the the Rams for, of the Rams, you know, just saying to hell with it, dude. We're just going to feed the ball to the last weapon we have left. Couldn't run the ball to save their freaking lives. Cooper Cup, Lawrence, appreciate you, big dog. Sup, guys? Did you see Eminem Neal? Was it in tribute to Tupac's piano? 
a piano or tribute to BLM. It's a slow night. Eh, who cares about, you know, I don't really want to talk about all that stuff, dude. Eminem, that halftime show, no offense, Lawrence, you know, I love you, big dog. Um, that halftime show was fire. I'm not even a big hip hop guy, but I am a nineties kid. I was a teenager in the nineties. And so, you know, you hear it's the D O double G you hear those, you hear, you know, California love all that stuff. It brings me back to being a high school kid and all that stuff. And I thought that was dope. Normally Zach, I literally, I'm going to use this phrase in its most correct sense. Could not care less about the Super Bowl halftime show, but this one, I was I was stoked to check it out and it delivered, dude. The way it opened up with Dr. Dre, like at the controls, like the producer that he is, and then the you know raises and you see the stadium because I thought that was just like a clip from something pre-shot, but no, this is live, dude. You're in the stadium with Dr. Dre. That was a great harbinger of what ended up being a phenomenal Super Bowl show, and they even hid the fact that Fifty Cent was going to be in this. Uh, production i could have done without him hanging upside down Chad, because he's a full dollar bill now uh, he hasn't really aged that well since 2003 uh, but i do like the throwback those are all you know i i was uh you know how old was i 14 years old around when those songs were popular so it was my formative years i loved all the artists thought it was a great show i think second best though to prince in the rain that's pretty untouchable at least in my opinion but Eminem, it wasn't just to touch this topic one more time. It was in support, of, reportedly, of Colin Kaepernick, and we'll leave mm. it at that. Oh, whatever. You know, hey, I look, dude. We've been through the Teach fiery, them. the fiery darts of that conversation now for what five years, sixteen, right? Wasn't that when it started? So I don't know. I I don't I don't really care. Uh, Lawrence says, will Vaughn come back to retire or is he still going to play? That's a good question. I really is. Cause what is he 33 about to turn or did either is about to turn or has turned 33. I think he's got, I think he's 33 birthday. next month. Yeah. That's a March birthday. Yeah. I'm a Google it now, but I don't know. I mean, what a great way to call it a career, dude. I mean, you get to go out on top like Peyton and Elway did. I mean, that's very uh, poetic. Yeah. He's turning uh that's you're right, Zach. He's turning 33 at the end of March. So, you know, when you produce in the key situations on the biggest stage like Vaughn did tonight, took him a minute to get it going, but he got it going. There are going to be teams out there willing to throw you a few million, several million shekels. And if you're Vaughn, you've got what's his what's his son, uh, valor. You know, you got to you got to continue to uh, build that nest for your boy. I don't know, man. I think he comes back and keeps playing. Now, who does he play for? The Rams, probably. But um you don't completely rule out Zach a return to the Broncos, but guys, do not get your hopes up on that. Do not get your hopes up. I would put that at like 20%, especially after winning another ring. He's going to be too expensive. He probably was going to be too expensive as is, but definitely now he had a terrific postseason. Uh, the Broncos could get younger uh, and and cheaper at edge rusher by drafting a guy in the in the first round or whatever second round, not necessarily bringing back Vaughn. I wouldn't look for that to happen. I don't think he's going to retire though. He still has gas left in the tank. He is going to look for probably a short term lucrative contract and one of maybe several Rams who could be hanging up, not hanging up, but moving on elsewhere. Aaron Donald supposedly considering retirement. Yeah, what's up with that, dude? That's what he wanted. He wanted that ring, and he finally got it. And also Sean McVay, who uh, doesn't want to coach until he's 60, he said. He could be on the John Madden path sooner than later. So could be a quick um, celebration that turns to a breakup in Los Angeles. But they're going to enjoy that while they can for right now. 
I was just thinking to myself, and by the way, thank you, Miguel. He says, what's up, fellas? Didn't really care who won, but glad Vaughn got another. Uh, and hey, you can come back now, Vaughn. Hey, you know, we'll see, buddy. But I was thinking about it, and I remember Donald being uh, part of the draft class of the year Mile High Huddle was founded, which is 2014. And so, dude, he's he's still short in the tooth. This is not a gray beard. I mean, Vaughn, uh, class of 2011, 11. So he's like, is he 11 or tw- I think this is 12th year, right? 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 11th year, 11th year. Vaughn is more likely to retire. I don't think, I don't think either McVeigh or Donald are going to retire. That's call it a semi lukewarm prediction, not a bold one. I mean, that's what, uh, supposedly it's what, uh, Rodney Harrison reported Michelle Tafoya about Aaron. I don't think McVeigh's going anywhere for a few years, but Aaron, you never know someone as hot tempered and as intense as Aaron Donald is. He's fairly unpredictable. As far as I'm concerned, he had tears streaming down his face. It seemed like he reached football's mountaintop in his post-game interview. And he was asked directly, what about that report? And he goes, I'm going to take it one thing at a time right now and just celebrate and move on from there. So, um, I could see him walking away. He's accomplished pretty much everything there is at the NFL level. He'll go down as one of the best defensemen that's ever played the game. And uh, you never know, riding the wave of winning that title, like you mentioned Peyton Manning, it can do things to uh, a certain athlete's psyche. That it can. That it can. By the way, shout out to great supporters um, like Albert. We got Clayton in the house, too. Appreciate you guys. And Leroy, too. He says, when you have solid coaches and a solid quarterback, that's a formula. For success. Who'd have thought yes, yes, it is. Uh, David Sparks, appreciate you, big dog. He says, I'm glad Miller got a second ring. Hopefully this paves the way for Rodgers to come to Denver to follow like Stafford did and other QBs to get a ring. So, you know, Peyton did it as a free agent. Tom did it as a free agent. Stafford now has that distinction of being a guy traded and then he goes and wins the Super Bowl in his year he was traded. Um, Rogers, you know, he said some more curious things after bringing home his second consecutive MVP and his fourth as, uh, in his career wow. talked about being sad when he thinks about going back to green Bay and Nathaniel Hackett's not going to be in the room. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's out there. The Packers are still trying to put on the public, uh, posture, I guess, Zach, for lack of a better term that we want to make nice with Aaron. We don't want him to go anywhere. I think the only thing that that they can do to ameliorate the situation is just throw the, a redonkulous amount of money at him and and say, "Dude, shut up now, please. You're, you're good till you retire. Here's two hundred million dollars. Here's whatever it is. Right? Three years, ridiculous. Like just reset the market, break the bank, make everybody's jaw drop. And that's probably the only thing that's going to keep Aaron. But then you have to question the wisdom of doing something like that, Zach, when he's as old as he is." And the Packers are staring down the barrel of a rebuild sooner than they might think. I mean, you mentioned MVP. I just noticed that Cooper Cup won Super Bowl MVP. How amazing is that? You mentioned 2017 third-round draft pick, a wide receiver winning MVP. I love it. What a tremendous season. A great wide receiver. Um, About Aaron, though, I did see a report. I don't know if you saw this or if you're touching on that, Chad, that the Packers are willing to offer him $45 million on a new contract per year Mm -hmm. that would Mm -hmm. make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL surpassing Patrick Mahomes, depending on a penny or two in that deal and probably fully guaranteed, if not mostly guaranteed, just incentivizing him. You can read into that one of two ways, all these positive reports coming out about green Bay and Rogers, 
Um, and, and what they're willing to do, it's either they truly are in a good place and he's going to stay there, or the Packers are overcompensating for the, the, the poisoning of the relationship last year and they're trying everything they can do from a PR optic standpoint to get in his good graces. And if he still chooses, it's putting the ball in his court. Aaron, we want you back. Aaron, we love you. Aaron, here's 45 a year. If you choose to go elsewhere, if you want out, that's solely on you. Don't blame us, guys. We're the good guys. So the Packers are playing this from a pretty good standpoint. Um, I still think, this is my prediction, Chad. I probably will be wrong. I do think Aaron retires. Mm. Mm. I do. I just got that vibe. But we'll see. You know, I wouldn't blame him. And by the way, thank you, Base Case. You're a legend, bro. We'll talk more about what Cliss said on lock here in just a minute. Trust. Uh, Claude, uh, good game. Great halftime show. Happy for Vaughn, I guess. Go Broncos. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, if you look at it from his perspective, he's made more money than he'll ever need. If he ever has kids, more money than those kids or their kids will ever need. And he was – this is one of the the reasons over the last – year and a half, two years, I've really come to kind of respect A-Rod on a different level than I did before is, you know, he had the entirety of the national uh, NFL and general media scorn that I have Sauron bearing down on him, dude, in the middle of this season. We know why, right? The whole uh, V-word um, controversy. And in the face of that, not only did he continue to throw down and chop wood, goes on to, you know, win the, the one seed for the Packers and all that. But then he ends up, you know, getting the last laugh as all these guys that were, you know, um, MFing him, right, voted for him to be the MVP, right? Bunch yeah, of bums. <laughs> it's a great way for him to say, peace out. I agree. I just don't think he's going to do it. That's just my initial gut feel. What do I know? Jacob, appreciate you, big dog. <laughs> See, that's I, I trust my gut as well. And when I watched him walk off the field at Lambeau after losing to the 49ers, I saw a guy waving to the crowd kind of like it was his last wave as a football player, not as a Packer. At his MVP acceptance speech, I just if you read between the lines of his statement and what he's saying there, it seemed like a goodbye. Now, a goodbye could mean, okay, bye, Green Bay. I'll see you with another team. Or bye could mean, you know, bye, yeah. NFL. I'm hanging up my cleats. I, yeah. That's my gut feeling right now. I, I, I'm interested to see, though, how it shakes out. And fortunately, we don't have to wait that much longer. I think we're going to get a decision next couple weeks. Um, by the way, Diamond Rattler is saying, Von Miller got with those two more additional sacks uh, in the Super Bowl is now tied for the all-time Super Bowl lead, four and a half. Dude's going first ballot. D-Ware got straight snubbed. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. D-Ware should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. He'll get in, but not on the first ballot, obviously. Vaughn, first ballot. Wyatt says, so glad to see Stafford and Vaughn get a ring. A great game to watch. <clears throat> Pardon me. Definitely not the last time we see the Bengals in the big dance. Agreed. Let the offseason begin now. Let's go, Broncos. Bengals now, Zach, as a franchise. 0-3 in the big dance. But Bengals fans, if there's anyone uh, listening to this stream that's a Cincy person, you should not – let your heart be troubled because, first of all, you got Joe Burrow. Second of all, the Broncos were 0-4 in the Super Bowl, Zach, all time before they won their first one. So don't don't trip. It's so hard, though, to get to this game 
you know, to get to reach the mountaintop and then get pushed off and lose that final battle. And everything seemed to be working in their favor. If there was a team of destiny in the NFL, a, a true underdog storybook kind of team, it was the 2021 Bengals and they couldn't close the deal. It's only going to be a matter of time though, before contract situations come up, their coaching staff could get pillaged. They might have worse injury luck. Everything worked in their advantage, and they still couldn't get it done. So I think they're going to be a perennial playoff team, but this loss is going to sting them for quite a while. If they were smart, though, they would invest a lot of resources into protecting their quarterback because of the amount of times he's been harassed, Burrow, sacked, knocked down, hurried this postseason is a disgrace considering the talent that he has. Jeff C., good to see you, bro. He says the refs were terrible in this game. That wasn't holding on third and goal. Burrow is a stud. Now we need a franchise cue. Peyton Magic needed. Yeah, there was some uh, questionable calls and non-calls in this game, but that's football, dude. That's football. I mean, it was conspicuous a little bit, Zach, people that want to put on the tinfoil hat, that the refs kept their whistles in their pockets. I mean, you see Jalen Ramsey in the third quarter basically get his head almost torn off on that tutty. Um, they keep their – they keep their – whistles in their pocket till the chips are down dude you're in the clutch and now you're going to start ticky tacking i understand why the tinfoil hat crowd is going oh man nfl was slamming that for the rams to win at home you know they wanted the rams to win this thing big market club it's good for the league don't go so far to uh, think that i really i don't think that doesn't mean i don't think the refs were questionable at multiple points in this one I think the the last toward the end of the game, those were makeup calls for the Miss Jalen Ramsey call. I don't understand either swallowing your whistles the entire game, and then on, in the biggest game of the year, the Super Bowl fourth quarter crunch time, you start to call penalties and dictate the game that way. But it was almost an epitome of how the season went, the regular season did in the NFL with the taunting calls and the and the referees becoming central factors to games. I don't like to see it, but unfortunately, it is part of the game nowadays. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, Clayton wants a non-football question. What did you guys have for food during the game? I was at a family party for about – well, we left at the start of the third quarter so we I could get back to MHH command and uh, get the stream set up and get ready to rock and roll. But uh, amidst that, it was a smorgasbord, man, with burn ends. We had these stuffed um, – jalapenos wrapped in bacon we did uh, bacon wrapped um pineapple and i mean dude, it was just name it it was on the freaking table it was tons of good good food i don't know what'd you do for the super bowl zach i know you've been under the weather and whatnot so maybe that kind of yeah i boshed it yeah soup soup was my you know super bowl sunday uh delicacy today but i watched on the other i think it was uh mhi uh last night they were talking about nachos or wings tell me you're a wings guy Chad. i was listening to that conversation i'm like this isn't a movie theater nachos don't belong in the conversation it's all wings all the time dude i mean yeah push comes to shove if you tell me hey we got a game on you can only choose between wings or chose i'm taking wings all right but I enjoy a, a well-made nacho. Most nachos, though, I'm, I'm telling you, they're not very imaginative, and uh, they get the chips get soggy, and it's, I don't like that kind of nacho. But I'm kind of weird, Zach. Like if I order Domino's for my my family one night, like we're running and gunning, and it's coming up on six, and the Mrs. nor I either can or have want to cook dinner. We call Domino's, throw some pizzas uh, on the table. I always order uh, twelve of uh, chicken wings, right? 
I get the chicken wings home. I don't just tear into them, Zach. All right, I'm letting you guys deep into Casa Jensen right now with this, this info. I turn on my oven. I crank it to 450, and I cook those suckers another 30 minutes. Because here's what I don't like about chicken wings or what I, the way most places serve them. All right, last thing, we'll get right back to football, I promise. I don't like chewing on unrendered fat, unrendered skin, right? I want it to be crispy, crispy. and all that. Yeah. So that's what I do to enjoy a nice <clears throat> chicken wing at home. Got to be crispy. Yeah, I agree. You know, the same thing for pizza almost. I like it a little more well done. So, yeah, I'm right mm -hmm. there with you. But uh, even I, the, the worst chicken wing to me is still pretty edible, though. I'm a big fan of chicken wings. Boneless and bone-in, by the way. We never get to talk about food on the show, chat. So I got a little jealous. I thought I would uh, import that conversation onto the <laughs> Huddle Up podcast. Coming to you guys soon, a Football Priest food podcast once yes. a year. Yes. <laughs> uh, 24-hour stream. So, yeah, uh, Samaki Hill. How do you say your name? Samaki? Probably Samaki, right? That sounds more, I don't know. Appreciate you. If we don't get Rodgers in the offseason, do you think we will try to go for Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, possibly Kyler Murray, if he isn't happy in AZ? Um, all of those possibilities are rocks that are going to be kicked by Peyton, turned over to see if what's under there. It's going to at least be perused by George Payton, but Zach, it was talk about conspicuous developments. It was interesting over the weekend, Russell Wilson telling the athletic that, no, I want to go back to see, I want to stay in Seattle and I want to win three more Super Bowls or whatever he said. That could just be, you know, star player towing the company line because we know a lot of different things that he put out through his agent during the, the actual NFL season. Those things were legit. So at a certain point, he wasn't happy. Maybe that's changed. Maybe they've made certain assurances or promises to him, Zach. But if you don't get Rodgers, the next best hope would be Russ. I There's no way in Sam Hill. I mean, I guess there was no way I believed that the Packers would ever even let A-Rod become so disgruntled as to demand a trade. But I can't imagine Steve Kime, GM for the Cardinals, would be so misguided and dumb as to let Kyler Murray get away when all it takes is just pay him early, pay him uh, a, a off season earlier than you maybe wanted to in a perfect world. Just go pay the man and be good for another five years. Did you see the report that came out by Chris Mortensen this morning? They're just trashing Kyler Murray's character, calling him no. immature and a finger pointer. I mean, there's definite, games going on between the Cardinals front office and Kyler Murray. And if you watch any like behind the scenes videos of Cardinals games, he really isn't the best leader on the field. He, he's pretty much into himself and he keeps to himself. He's not exactly Tom Brady in terms of quarterbacks in that respect. Right. So I don't think he's going anywhere though. I think they're going to assuage him one way or the other. Deshaun Watson is uh, radioactive until those 22 allegations of sexual misconduct are resolved. Russell Wilson uh, supposedly, like you said, wants to, end his career in Seattle, and Seattle has no plans to trade him reportedly, so I wouldn't hold out hope for that. One quarterback who's available, though, or will be, is Carson Wentz, who yep. might be cut or uh, traded by the March 16th start of the new league year. I want 0.0 to do with Carson Wentz in a Broncos uniform. Just the idea alone you know, mm -hmm. makes my skin crawl. No way, no how. The queen in the house. 
Love you, Christy. Hope you've been well. Sounds like you and your little family there vanquished that virulent bug, the same bug that my family vanquished in January. It's great to see you. She says the Bengals line was a killer for them tonight. I imagine they'll dump some money into that. Yeah, they have to. They have to. I mean, that you got to protect um, Joe Burr. You got to you got to keep that cat upright. Zach, real quick, I want your thoughts on what Christy said here. But before yeah. I forget, it doesn't surprise me some of that buzz we're hearing from uh, Chris Mortensen about Murray's character or lack thereof, because when you and I talked to him at the combine in 2019, when he was coming out, I mean, look, it's a weird situation for them. All of a sudden they've got hundreds of media pressing in on them and, you know, they're under the spotlight. You can't like go off of that as your full evaluation of a dude, how he, but his energy to me, just talking with him and being with him in person. All right. Was exactly that very, um, it's all about me, baby. You know, I'm the man. And look, when you're a prospect, Hey, don't begrudge a cat for for kind of putting himself out there in that sense, but just his vibe. I don't know how else to put it. I don't want. I'm not trying to rake him through the mud. I'm not the one that said this dude has no character. Uh, this was a, a report from Chris Mortensen, but it kind of confirms my intuition, my gut vibe, Zach, that I got from him when we were there. I, if you, again, I, I'm going to pimp these videos once more, the mic'd up videos that come out from uh, the NFL media account. It, after the Cardinals playoff loss, in the final seconds, he was standing on the, the sideline and his position coach came up to him, started you know patting his back and giving him words of comfort, saying, you're our leader. And he literally did not say a word. He stood there and, and stared straight ahead. That's not a leader to me. And you can kind of take what you want from those kind of interactions. He's also not won the big game. I mean, good regular season quarterback, but falls apart in crunch time. So I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray fan, never really have been, and I won't be going forward now with these concerns coming out. Christy, thank you so much. You know we love you uh, completely. And I that's what one point I made earlier. They have to do whatever they can uh, to protect Joe Burrow. Fetty, the right guard of the Bengals, is really, really awful. He's been benched multiple times this postseason. They need massive upgrades there along the edge. If you have an investment in Joe Burrow, true franchise guy, already coming off one ACL. You don't want that to be the storybook of his career, not winning the big game and then never getting back there because he's injured every year. So I agree with you, Christy. Great point. Uh, Miguel says, feel bad for OBJ and uh, got scared for Burrow for a minute. Yeah, it was a little terrifying there for, for Burrow. Uh, really quick, guys, this is what Cliss said, and I love the timing of this, Zach, because you know I think two of the last four articles I've written at milehighhuddle.com have revolved around Hey, what could the future hold for Drew Locke with Nathaniel Hackett? And the last one I did was kind of a column yesterday, and it was basically taking five quotes that Nathaniel Hackett has made since being hired as Denver's head coach to say, hey, look, maybe the upgrade the Broncos so desperately need at quarterback, hey, it could come from free agency, it could come from the trade market, it could come from the draft. But maybe by virtue of hiring a coach, the right coach, that upgrade is already on the roster in Drew Locke. It was just kind of a philosophical query. Go go read it. I got a little pushback from it on social media, understandably so, because people read a headline and they uh, they think, oh, you know, you're saying that Drew Locke uh, is going to be the bee's knees. Because they're stupid. Point but blank. Mike Kliss, after Ian Rappaport said 13 hours ago, what would an Aaron Rodgers contract look like? Likely two years, more than $45 million per year with voidable years tacked on. For cap, and then Mike Kliss tweets the Hackett offense promises 
That's an interesting word, Zach. Promises to bring the best out of Drew Locke. So uh, how do you interpret that, Zach? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, w- I was going to say – it's 2022. It's a new day when Mike Kliss is carrying the water for Drew Locke. And Kliss wasn't the biggest Drew Locke guy. He was a Teddy guy last year. Oh, so yeah. what does Kliss normally do? He gets the message out that the Broncos want to get out. And if they want to get out right now, that Locke is positioned to be the starter. And we maybe we hired Hackett with Drew Locke in mind, as we've been talking about on this podcast, chat for weeks now. I think that bears monitoring. It's not going to prevent George Payton or Hackett from dipping into the available quarterback pool, be it a veteran or a rookie, to see what's out there. But if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come through or Russell Wilson or, I don't know, Kyler Murray, and if you don't feel good about these young quarterbacks in the draft, Drew Locke is your best bet by default. And they might be already resigned somewhat to go forward with that plan in place of having Locke under center. That's what I took out of it. You know, Scott Ever, the pragmatist, says – it's trying to ease the pain if the Broncos strike out on a quarterback. And I'm sure there's some truth to that, but more than one thing can be true at the same time. It's in, it's look, all I've really been trying to say on this podcast and all I tried to say really in these last two articles I've written on the subject of Drew Locke and Hackett is that there's a big part of me that is, is really pulling to see the Broncos just write it out in Locke's final year to see if, it really was the coaching to see if there's any there there or if Zach and I have just been smoking that figurative crack for the last, you know, however long. Right now, Scott's going. <laughs> Emphasis on figurative. Um, real quick here, Zach. Jeff C. jumped in to say our QB answer may be have a franchise QB on the pod. Chad Minshew rocking the, uh, the stash is getting some comments. Look, I had this very scraggly beard. All right, I'll, I'll, as men, you guys know this. Sometimes you get bored, right? I had this scraggly beard. It's time to shave, shave the dome, trim it up. And I was trying to do like a little bit more like tight to the face. And I went right into my cheek and I'm like, that gummit. So I just went zoop, zoop, zoop. And I'm like, no, it's stash time. And here I am. It grows back fast. We know this, guys. We know this. Well, I want to give a quick shout out while we have the the transition time to Scott. I, I, you know, for holding down the fort for me, and I noticed that he called me lovable, which is going on my LinkedIn now, Chad. That's a great compliment <laughs> and a lovable teddy bear. So I will take that. I appreciate that, Scott. Wasn't too embarrassing. Jacob, you're the man, dude. Appreciate you, all your support, my friend. In fact, send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let us send you out a T-shirt. All right. As a small thank you, you too, Rodney, shoot us out a, an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Tell us your t-shirt size, give us your uh, shipping address. And it's a small thank you that we can uh, give back to you for all the support that you, you give us on Facebook. Um, all right. I'm trying to think here. Well, let's grab Lawrence. I get, I get it though. When other quarterbacks that are not as good as you, yet they are getting paid, it makes you feel a certain way. So he's talking about Kyler here, probably, right? Maybe, you know, look, Kyler Murray, just look at his freaking resume, dude. He might not be the guy you run through a wall for, okay? But the dude cuts the mustard on game day. How long has he been in the league? Same amount as Locke. He's at least a two-time Pro Bowler. He was the rookie of the year. Uh, I mean, his not this past season, Zach, when I was writing up the uh, article about this, I had to do my research. Not this past year, but the one prior, uh, 2020, 
the dude rushed for almost a thousand yards and eight touchdowns while also passing for 4,026 tutties. This past season, Zach, 3,700 passing yards, and he didn't start three of the games. So he missed three of the games, and he still threw for 3,800 yards and 24 touchdowns to go along with his rushing production, which was about half what it was the year prior. And excuse me, my bad, 11 tutties in 2020 on the ground with his legs. So he he contributed 37 scores to that um, Cardinals offense and – so the dude deserves to get paid. He's one of the most explosive, exciting, dynamic, talented young cues in the league. That's why, even if there are some between the years, intangible issues in question for the Cardinals, look, do you want to put yourself back in the hanging on the prayer of a Josh Rosen situation? Or do you want to just say, look, we got the guy. One in the hand is worth two in the bush. We move forward. Here's some cash. You know, nuts on the table time, Chad. How many postseason victories does Kyler Murray have? You know, what has he done at the NFL level to warrant that massive of an investment? And I have a, a question for you, non-rhetorical. Who would you take as your quarterback, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? Oh, Lamar. I'd take Lamar because he, of the character component. He hasn't gotten paid either. So if you talk about better quarterbacks than Kyler being paid or not better, I mean, I, I, I would assume and I would make the argument that every quarterback that's gotten paid or will get paid has done more at this level than Kyler Murray has. You can't just dominate weeks one through 13, then fall apart after and expect to have this $45 million a year contract. If Aaron doesn't even have that, he might get it. He doesn't have it now. Kyler... Uh, certainly can wait for that. And, and Lamar Jackson as well. I, I'm right there with you. I take Lamar. I think he's a better quarterback overall, but even he's on a year-to-year basis. For what it's worth, I'm not necessarily advocating for the cards to go set the, reset the market for Kyler Murray. And if that's what he's demanding, then you have a really strong argument on that front. Like, hey, dude, you got a couple of Pro Bowls under your belt. You know, you won the Rookie of the Year in a, in a weak quarterback class. Slow your roll. You know, here's 25 or here's 30 or whatever. It would end up being more than that, obviously, but um, I just think seeing a team like the Broncos wander the desert for six years now without a proven commodity, not proven, but without a true dynamic franchise guy under center, do you really want to invite that into your life if you're the Cardinals? I would just, you know, it's just one of those cost of doing business things. You are lucky enough to have lost your way into the number one pick and you got Kyler Murray. And he's turned out to be a Pro Bowl caliber player. So just take care of business and see what the football gods might will for you. Big kid, Rook. Thank you, big dog. We did. Uh, we do not need Aaron Rodgers, he says here, Zach. Burroughs and Stafford are not the best QBs in the league. Denver needs to improve its offensive and defensive lines. So are what is are, what you're saying here, big kid, Rook, all right, is Drew Locke and a rebuilt D and O line 2021. Let's see what happens with Hackett. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I need to see the question again. He's saying, look, to heck with A-Rod. Burrow and neither Burrow or Stafford are that good. The Broncos need a D-line and O-line upgrade. Translation, yeah. put the resources around Drew Luck because he's the only Q you have under contract in 2022. I mean, but both of the quarterbacks that were playing in today's game, one was the first round draft pick. So that's, they didn't really do much to get that. And they just had to get, get, be bad enough or get lucky enough uh, combination of that. But the other quarterback, they swung for the fences with Stafford. And I was against George Payton surrendering multiple first round draft picks, but it worked out for the Rams, Super Bowl champion. Now, you have to at least 
peek and see what's out there because I don't think you're going to get to the big game with Drew Locke. Biggest fan as I am of him, Chad, I don't think he's that capable of a quarterback quite yet. So if a better option is out there and you feel enough conviction and you have the pieces around them, then you got to go out and make it happen. Fortunately, the Broncos have a pretty good defensive line in place. They have a pretty good offensive line in place. They can add a little more to it, but these are ready-made winning situations for whatever upgraded quarterback they want to bring in. And to say that neither Stafford or Burrow are that good, come on, dude. Come on, big dog. By the way, Michael Uteman, also shout out to DeAngeli's in the house tonight with us. Look, Joe Burrow, almost, he came one red zone series away from being a, a quarterback who, number one overall pick, win a natty and a Super Bowl. Not any good. I mean, did you see what this cat did in Kansas City? And I know the defense played lights out in the second half and all that. It's like when the when the Rams scored uh, early on in this game, right? I turned to my brother and I said, that's actually exactly what the Bengals need. The Bengals almost have to dig themselves into a hole to kind of light the fire and get them and wake them up and get them going. And maybe that's a character defect or the mark of a young team and that that'll evolve over time. And I'm sure that it will. But to say that Joe Burrow's not good, that's a bad take, my dog. I love you, but that's a bad take. And Matthew Stafford is, as far as quarterbacks in the league today, Easily the most disrespected, underrated, undervalued, underappreciated quarterback. And the dude just finally got his just desserts. He got the freaking ring. God bless him. Yeah, they're both top eight quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think anyone's disputing that. And I wouldn't put any quarterback the Broncos have on their roster or had on their roster last year, anywhere near that stratosphere. So they have to find the guy that can get them to within that realm. Having better coaching will help for sure, but you got to have a better quarterback under center. Talking about quarterback deserts, here we have in our presence, in our midst, desert creature. Thank you for the super chat. Congrats, he says, or she, to Vaughn and the LA Rams, mostly to Vaughn. A lot of Broncos fans, Zach, happy to see Vaughn yeah. uh, get another ring, understandably. So, Lawrence, it's going to be too late if we don't make a quarterback move early. Peyton Manning worked because we signed him early, and all these other people came in uh, for team-friendly deals. But I don't think it will work if we wait. Well, waiting is, um, you know, in part, my friend, keep this in mind, Lawrence. Broncos are slave to the NFL calendar. Um, and in the case of Aaron Rodgers or Russ or any of these guys under contract, they're also slave to the whim of that team in question. If the Packers don't aren't willing to pick up the phone and conduct business on this matter, George Payton dead in the water. Now, hopefully he went and bought a couple of Zig Ziglar books to learn about sales and closing and, you know, how to win friends and influence people here. We're talking Carnegie. Hopefully he's getting all these sales uh, philosophies under his belt because Zach, if you want to pry Aaron Rodgers off of Green Bay's hands, you need to be Alec Baldwin in Glengarry Glen Ross. You need to have the brass. You guys know what I'm talking about if you've seen Glengarry Glen Ross. So hopefully he's edified himself and educated himself with these very tomes that I've referenced in this little uh, spiel here. D'Angelo's you to man. They're also, I mean, you made the point I was going to make. They're also at the whim and, and they're being held hostage by Aaron Rodgers, whatever player they want to go after. If they haven't made up their minds yet as to what they want to do, 
And even if Aaron has, we don't know yet. The public doesn't, and other teams might not know. The Packers might not know. So it's not solely up to Denver to decide, okay, right now we're going to acquire that quarterback. We're going to make that deal. They can have negotiations, and things will ramp up at the combine in a few weeks, Chad. But like, like you laid out perfectly, until Green Bay gets going or Seattle and Rodgers and Russ, the Broncos are in a holding pattern. Albert Knoppers brings up an interesting point here. I want your take on this. Zach. And by the way, guys, uh, this weekend, the VIP premium content with Zach under the weather, uh, weather, we wanted him to get all his strength back so that we could stream tonight. I had my wife's uh, birthday earlier this week, but my kids organized a thing on Saturday where we went out and did a big deal and we're gone from the home, our home for like eight hours, uh, that cost me the, uh, Broncos book club time with you guys on Saturday. And because it, I'm required to be there for technical reasons. Um, anytime we do a premium only stream to supporters only on Facebook, we also couldn't do the trickle zone on Saturday. So let not your, uh, your hearts be troubled. That will everything will return to normal next weekend. But what's your uh, take on this, Zach? Albert says Locke was never meant to play in the first two years. Flacco didn't stay on the field. I mean, wasn't he behind uh, Brandon Allen? So he was the third quarterback because he was left on IR beyond when he was healthy and eligible to play. It seemed like Fangio was just never a fan of Drew Locke. And as it came out this year, he really wasn't a fan of Drew Locke. So I don't know if they plan to play him or not. I think they didn't plan for Joe Flacco to be as as craptastic as he was, uh, quite honestly, Chad. But uh, it might have been where they take him in the second round. That's a relative steal for someone of his uh, upside and caliber, and they'll let him develop on the bench. They had the the coordinator in place, but that plan went to crap as well when they fired Rich Skankarello. So ultimately, I'm – to assume that Locke was never meant to play would be to give Fangio more credit than he deserves because what he showed to be this last year alone was completely incompetent to the offensive side of the ball and the quarterback position. I don't think he knew what the hell to do with Drew Locke from day one, quite frankly. I think you're onto something, Albert, in the sense that uh, you know the Broncos probably didn't plan to play him at all year one, but Flacco was so bad and then got hurt, got hurt <laughs> after he uh, crap-talked the offensive coordinator that uh, those plans changed. So, you know, sometimes John Elway, all right, on record as Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, not football executive John Elway, of saying the best way for a young quarterback to develop, in fact, I think he said the only way, play. You got to play. You got you to gotta start. You, gotta, you need those live bullets. And uh, Locke got that to a point as a rookie and then got the rug pulled out from under him in year two. It wasn't very fair, but Locke had his shot to really stake his claim and leave no doubt as a unquestioned, we're going all in on Drew Locke 2020. Sucks that it came in a pandemic. Sucks that you're, you got an OC change during that pandemic. And it sucks that the OC that came in was Pat Shermer. Yeah. But you can't say that Drew wasn't given an opportunity um, but it's starting to kind of, you know, smell like he's going to get another one. Like they're going to ride this out to the bitter end of his rookie deal and uh, see if Nathaniel Hackett and and uh, Clint Kubiak can't. Uh, and what's the other dude? I just brain farted the new OC. What's his name? Outen. Thank you. Justin Outen can't, you know, uh, turn some some chicken excrement into chicken salad. <laughs> Willie Barron. What's up, big dog? Welcome. Thank you. 
Appreciate you. I believe now the Broncos are a good quarterback away from the Super Bowl. I'll tell you this. The Broncos are a franchise quarterback away from being in that conversation year in and year out. And it's possible, again, this is the thesis of what that five quotes Nathaniel Hackett said uh, article I published yesterday. The thesis was Broncos need an upgrade. That is undisputable. No one argues that on this show. No one argues that on Mile High Huddle, anywhere, any of the staffers. It's possible that by hiring the right coach, you already have an upgrade, and that's Drew Locke. Only time will tell if that comes out on the wash. It's just uh, kind of, a again, a philosophical query. But what's great is the Broncos are building this like um, parachute for any quarterback to have success, whether it's Locke or uh, Aaron Rodgers with the with the coaches they have on staff. Not just we talked about Nathaniel Hackett, obviously, and you mentioned Alton, but to me, getting Clint Kubiak, the Vikings OC, as quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator, then you hire Tyrone Wheatley as a new running backs coach. I mean, the Zach Azani as uh, receivers, you have a talented offensive staff now. Uh, uh, young, bright, forward thinking, I think all on the same page as to the mindset of what they want to do and the offense they want to run, unlike what Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio uh, g- gave their input on last year. So if any quarterback can be successful, I think it's Drew Locke because it's tailored to his specificities. Take advantage of his big arm and hopefully hide his flaws. If you can do it with Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo, I think you could do it with Drew Locke. Guys, we're about out of here. We're going to keep it a little short tonight because, hey, it's late. You guys got to get to work tomorrow. Zach's still recovering uh, from some gnarly bug. It's late as crap for both Zach and uh, – well, it's late for all of us. Let's face it. It's after 9 o'clock. The Huddle Up podcast is not used to chopping wood this late. But Michael uh, echoes you, Zach, on the Dwayne Stukes special teams uh, snafus in the Super Bowl, a little bit of a problem. Here, here's the he's last. He's not Tom one. McMahon though, so we're, we're good as long as he's not Tom McMahon. We should be good. And by the way, Clayton, I know you got to get going, buddy. So uh, the kids need daddy. We hear you. Appreciate you. Um, last topic, and then we're out for tonight. Lawrence says, "I see us re-signing Teddy and keeping Locke as the starter this year. And if he fails, then they switch him out. What do you think, Zach? No way." I could see Locke sticking around as a backup or maybe a starter in some uh, alternate universe. But what does Teddy do for you? What upside do you have? Even bringing him back on a $1 million contract, which is unrealistic enough. What is he going to do? Is he going to move the needle at all? Or is he going to prevent other players from getting better around him? Quarterbacks and receivers. To me, he made the offense as a whole a lot worse. Wasn't just him. Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, yada, yada, yada. But... Teddy Bridgewater offers nothing at the quarterback position. I would not bring him back. I would go for Tyrod Taylor easily before I would go for Teddy Bridgewater. Plus, if your plan is to go with Drew, it's the same principle as why you don't keep Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. You know, it's, it could possibly subvert the authority of the new guy. When Teddy was your guy last year, to have him in here as the understood backup, it's just going to create possible divisions within the locker room. Um, Kyla. Kalia, Kala, Kala, Kyla, Kyla, her. Appreciate you, Kyla, uh, being in the chat. I've seen you a lot lately, and I feel like we needed to get one of your topics. But then we got to go, okay? Drew has an arm, but no football IQ. And that's the that's the kind of 10,000-foot um, book on Drew from the outside looking in. And there's a lot of – I'm not going to say there's not evidence to support that narrative, all right? Um. But let's see him with a, a coach not named Pat Shermer before 
I, I want to see him with a coach not named Pat Shermer before I jump to that conclusion with anything even remotely resembling Zach an absolute. Here's my here's my counterpoint to the uh, to the statement, which is is mostly accurate. But to say he has no football IQ is to suggest that he cannot improve even incrementally. And his final three games of last season, I think to me, showed improvement. It showed growth. It showed his IQ as a quarterback went up. He was taking care of the football. He was making better decisions. He was overall just a better quarterback. So his football IQ is not the best, but how much of that is him and how much is of that is the stunting and the regression at the hands of someone like Pat Shermer and a head coach in Vic Fangio who publicly detested you the way he did Drew Locke. So I think there is some football IQ and a good coach like Nathaniel Hackett can unlock the rest of it. Appreciate you, David. Good to see you, my friend. Um, with that, guys, we got to dip on out of here. We'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, on the Huddle Up podcast, this the usual time. But Zach, if you wouldn't mind doing the rundown, I'll pull up Facebook and shout out our superstars. Yes, thank you for everyone tuning in with us tonight. Follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you haven't, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a beanie and get yourself a hat like Chad's wearing all right there. Your pop-up shop, HuddleUpPod.com and Facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Chad mentioned we're coming back next week. Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone, and Kelberman's Corner exclusive VIP content all right there. Subscribe if you haven't already. And Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page and follow that page. Guys, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be a beanie, could be a shirt, could be a coffee cup each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, please do these three things to take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Just like you, baby. All right, quick shout-out to our great Super Chat superstars tonight on YouTube. Supporting the brand after a Super Bowl and late an atypically late Huddle Up Pod, Smith Corona, Base Gase, Jeff C., Samaki Hill, The Queen, Jeff, again, Big Kid Rook, Desert Creature, and Willie Barron. Much love and respect. And, guys, I, it, the way Facebook is doing this now, I'm, I can't flash this, but here's how it, the uh, rankings finished on Facebook today. Jacob Foster on top. Appreciate you, big dog. Followed by Miguel, Lawrence, Claude, David Sparks. Newer name. Welcome. Thank you. DeAngelis Jones, Rodney Garcia, and Wyatt Horney. Much love and respect. Scott, are you guys uh, you guys streaming in the morning? Broncos for breakfast on the bright, 7.30 a.m. Mountain, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Be there, <clears throat> be square. And then Zach and I will see you tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.